0: Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. Kyle here with Ed, as well as Sidibe's manager Tom Leal. What's going on? <laughs> is that her? Is that how you say her name, Tom? Sadibee. Sadibee. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you've got bad. I, we've got bad no Jess idea. on the roster, and now we have. Oh my goodness. Please elaborate, you guys. guys. For just for some context here, we have this group chat the so Back podcast group chat i think we need to like expand on that and just start inviting people to it so then they can really get the real but man tom rarely d- talks about new music but th- this is all he talks about these days
1: for the record anytime you like a new song you're automatically that artist's manager somehow Correct. i mean where, where does where does this
2: well I, you I only get... like two people so yeah <laughs> it would make sense that you were there two managers and to oh. be fair that ep is pretty dope so I'll give Tom props on this one. His taste did isn't even, too bad in clients. Did I even like Van Jest? I don't, I don't That's
1: know. That's all you talked about.
2: You talked about so, Van Jest for a while, so yes.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Gosh. Uh, before we get started, can we shout out the show's sponsor? Yes. We you got a pins. shout out. We got to shout out a half-eaten chicken wing from KFC, the show's sponsor for the night. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: Listen, if Tom ate a chicken wing, we've talked about this a million times, but I wish y'all could see the actual physical evidence. This man, if this is a chicken wing, (laughs) imagine that part eaten and the rest thrown away. Horrible. Starving children missing out on
1: chicken wings. But rebuttal. If you have to eat the pieces on the top and the bottom, you're like biting into bone and kind of veins and stuff. I just can't. Veins? (laughs) <laughs> are you eating uncooked
2: chicken? Play you eat I around the bones. You eat around it. And you break <laughs> it in half. And that's part of the fun.
1: Uh, or,
0: ass. or you can do how like Asians do it. They eat it with a fork. Haven't you seen that before, <laughs> Tom? I've seen, <laughs> I've seen it. It's classic.
2: Yes. How are y'all getting all of the, the the meat on the side with a fork? And a, I hope you got a knife.
0: No, there's, there's no knife. You just <laughs> no, no knife. Yeah.
2: There's an no. art to it.
0: Uh, we have another sponsor in the house here. Uh, we've got this bottle here. I don't think you guys have ever drank this. This is, no. uh, this is soju. Is it is 16.5% uh, alcohol. What? We're going to have to try this one day, guys, on the so Bad Oh, podcast.
2: you and Tom can. I'm good. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, oh, we have two sponsors, guys. That's actually pretty impressive.
0: Keeps the lights on, I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> It'll keep something on. <laughs> <laughs> Between Tom Kyle's moonshine and Tom's Half Eaten Chicken. There you we go. We're in big trouble. Well, uh, I wanna first
0: off say that the Christmas countdown is officially on per Mariah Carey's Instagram. She Ugh. said it's time. Have we started hearing the Mariah Carey Christmas song yet, Tom? I know you were out and about all weekend.
1: I actually have not heard it yet, believe it or not, but mm. I try to avoid places where that song will be playing. So that's my excuse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we will, we got a week and I guarantee you a week from now, that song will be blasting out of everything that has a speaker. So yep. get ready. It's coming.
1: It's actually it up the chart. Is it on the charts yet, Kyle?
0: Not yet. I think it, uh. <laughs> it's going to
1: happen. I, I just, oh, know, it's happening.
0: I just know when I used to work in retail, um, during the Christmas season. This was before, I mean, the Mariah song has always been huge, but I can only imagine working retail and hearing that song for eight hours straight. Cause like for me, when I worked at retail, the thing that they kept playing was the uh, Alvin and the chipmunks Christmas stuff. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. That was eight hours of that a day. And I Rudolph off the red reindeer, the whole
1: thing. It, it was brutal. Oh, <laughs> well, although I will say this, it's like every year the Christmas season gets longer and longer. This year was like, Halloween, yeah. October thirty first, November first. The Christmas trees were out around the city. I'm like, what? What is going on? Do we forget that's about Thanksgiving? Tr-
2: that's what happened here. The day after Halloween, they started <laughs> putting the freaking Christmas stuff up on the poles. <laughs> Next year, it will be Labor Day, and you know, you just tinsel <laughs> everywhere. Get ready. Oh. Well, it's it's the
0: season of giving here, so I'm gonna run through some quick Christmas news here before I give you my gift to you guys.
2: No, way.
0: no. <laughs> So, Chris Brown released two Christmas songs. Alicia Keys released a Christmas album. John Legend released a song in Latin. Is this true, Tom?
1: No, I don't know.
0: Okay. Not you sure. No. <laughs> I That's yeah, what I read. Yeah, uh, you're you're right, but I I we haven't, we, we haven't I, I we, don't We haven't We haven't heard it yet. Uh, yes, correct. But in terms of gifts for you guys, because, you know, this is the season of giving. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, what I have done and what you'll see shortly, and there's a stipulation to this. I am going to purchase for you for the holiday season a Twitter verification oh, subscription. You'll, oh. Have, you'll have the Twitter blue. But the only thing you have to do, though, is you have to register under the name The Real Ed Bowser. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and give Ashanti five stars for everything. Oh because you can goodness. do that now.
2: You can do that now. I remember, let the record state, I told you, players, when this came out. I was like, look. And everybody was like, yay, blue checks for everybody. We're raining blue checks. I'm like, players, the whole point of a blue check is to verify that I am me. So fake Tom can't be fake me. <laughs> but what happened, because we're all a bunch of weirdos on social media, Everybody bought blue checks. You got fake LeBron. You got fake Nestle. You got fake Starbucks. Everything's a lie. <laughs> I just want to go home. I hate it here.
1: But there's also the official uh, marker on the accounts, too, underneath the blue. Yeah, so now there's not, like
2: another check on a check. <laughs> We're they wearing took, hats on hats. They What's
0: took that? that out for like a day, and then they put it back because they realized that there was a flaw to the blue check system. Oh. I, I don't know where we're at now. But
2: um Let me tell you something. Elon Musk is gonna destroy us all. <laughs> that's all I can say. But I do have a question here.
0: So hypothetically speaking, Tom, if I gift you with this blue check mark and Twitter shuts down on Monday, do I get my money back?
1: Oh, definitely not. No, that money's not coming back. Oh man. <laughs> In fact, you paid for the whole year, so that's never none of that's going back. Oh, man. No,
2: you're paying for ne- Elon's next trip into space. Hopefully he stays. <laughs> All right. So, so that's Tom's gift for
0: Christmas. And Ed, for you, I have... You love R&B, right? I do. So how about, because this was just announced, how about I gift you a new album by Jacquees, executive produced by Future.
2: I hope Whoa. that you take that album and burn it at the stake. And you can jump into it while we're at it. Why is mm. Jacquees making albums with Future?
0: That's, that's R&B for you. That's where we're <laughs> at now.
2: What, is, <laughs> what happened to Darnell? Darnell, calling Darnell. We need Darnell <laughs> back on the line. Darnell oh, made a good song with this guy. Why would you oh. take the worst person with the worst person to make the best music? That makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I don't
2: I think they live to kill
1: uh, I'm so lost these days in, in current R&B, guys. I don't even yeah. know what's going on. I'm just, just stuck. I'm back listening to Christopher Williams album from, like, 1991. Wow. That in. I'll be sure. I need to find something. It's not, it's not recent.
2: Stay in 91. I promise you. You'll That's all, all I got to
1: say.
0: All right.
2: I do want to ask you guys this, though. <laughs>
0: since we're talking about technology and Twitter and it potentially shutting down, TikTok has really been thriving, as you guys know, with all the latest dance moves that the kids are doing. Oh, boy. And one thing that has happened due to the success of TikTok is we've seen artists like Money Long blow up with her single. Um, Recently, though, this is kind of cool. And I'm curious if because we always talk about like great songs on older albums and how we wish they were singles. And now with TikTok and how it's, you know, kind of just brought a resurgence to songs. What happened recently was Chris Brown has a song on his Indigo album. That song came out two years ago. Some fad started with with, with some dance craze. Some song from two years ago went viral. And now it's like top charting on the Billboard 100, like really high up. It's an actual hit now. Chris Brown actually just released a new album this year. But what he's had to do is go back to that album, that song from two years ago, create a music video for it and now push that song to radio because, you know, he has to wow. latch yep. onto the viral success of it. Yep. So that's definitely something that is interesting. It, it kind of makes me wonder if, if that would work for some of these 90s artists, because Tom, you've said mm. multiple times, like, why bother making a new album if it just comes and goes? Maybe they need to put their effort into some of their old
1: stuff and pushing that uh i see it two ways right so it's like he didn't even recognize the song was that good and then it's like oh yes a bad track oh people actually like this song now i gotta push it as a single (laughs) at the same time i do like the fact that the i guess the consumer is picking what's actually good i think that's a positive Uh, as opposed to being force-fed it kind of went viral people gravitated towards it i think that's a positive and maybe like you said we could Grasp upon that, and other artists could take that into account. I'm not sure 90s artists are going to make that work on TikTok, but I like the concept.
2: I'm with you, Tom. I mean, I agree. It's cool that we've got the consumer finally having a stronger hand in this. And how many songs that we see, like in our era, where we're like, "Man, why was there no video for this? Why didn't this song get any love?" This is an opportunity to do that. On the other hand, it is mighty confusing when you hear a song Man. that you think is a new song is like three years old and you got to pull yeah. from that. It's weird. I don't really hate it. Not not mad at it. not mad at it.
0: Yeah, because I, th- I think that's the thing is with music these days, it goes so fast. You really only have a window of like a month to promote that stuff before you move on to the next. Mm-hmm. So if something like TikTok can pull a song from theater from a few years ago and, you know, let it sit with, you know, the consumer for a minute. I'm not mad at that because I think we do need something to slow down all of these releases because like the last time we did a podcast was probably about a month ago and so much has come out. And even earlier today, Ed was like, what do I need to listen to? I'm behind. And it's (laughs) like, not only with R and B, but you also have to catch up with hip hop, which Tom, I know you've given up on that. Um, Yeah, but I can't blame you. there's a lot of music here. Independent, major.
2: It's a lot. I don't think we've ever had a time where we've had more music. And you know, in a few weeks, I'm gonna be doing my albums of the year list. I've got a list of 40-something albums I still have to catch up on because every week there are like 10 new projects coming out. Yeah. So you got EPs, you got LPs, you got major artists, you have got some kind of indie artists that are getting some buzz. It's a lot to keep up with. And with music just churning like this, it's hard for anything to stick. So if something sticks on TikTok because y'all are doing some goofball dance with your grandma, more power to you.
1: But I'll say this, Kyle. Many of our core artists, especially those from the 90s, haven't put out anything this year or for many years now. I mean, it's actually I'm not sure that TikTok is going to help them to put something out or make them interested. But so we have a lot of music, but in reality, a lot of who we want music from, yeah, it's really not coming out. And that's what, to me, is kind of sad.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Nas keeps dropping albums like every three months, Ed. Oh, which oh, is great.
2: Nas is on an incredible road. <laughs> yes. Go to soulandstereo.com and see me gush over that. But Tom's point is sound, especially in R&B. There are so many legendary artists, and no pun intended, cause besides John Legend, Like, we don't really see the artists from early 2000s and the 90s, and they're still around. We see them. They're performing. They're touring. Most of them still have a voice, but they aren't putting content out. Maybe it's because it's better to just tour and get the tour off the hits. Not mad at that, but I would definitely like to hear some new projects from many, many artists because legends need to come in the game and show these youngins how it's done.
1: Can I call someone out? Do it. My boy, John B., he oh, had, he had understand what Donnell Jones, which ended up, I think, top five on one of our uh, countdown. What year was it? Was that 2019? was it number 2020? one? Yeah, I think it, it was. might have been
2: number one. What a great song!
1: He had a great another song I like, Priceless, that same year, and then it was like Radio Silence. And I know my boy tours every weekend and is you know doing great for his family, but man, yeah. that was a perfect setup, man. That new he hasn't put out an album in over ten years. Yeah. And I know he gets it, but it's just an example. Like, it's not a priority for a lot of artists. Genuine's another one. It's been over a decade now. Yeah,
2: And Genuine, of all people, if he wants to capitalize on some of this viral buzz, (laughs) put out a decent song and do your your weird dance. (laughs) And yes, watch it hit. So yeah, Yeah. this is opportunities. And I do think we're getting to a point that wasn't here in the early 2010s. But definitely now, I think especially Gen Z is a little bit more accepting yeah. along with kind of those super young millennials aging and wanting a little bit more mature music. I think that they would be more accepting of a lot of this stuff. We see it with the 90 samples. I think that there is a audience for that. So don't be shy. Come on back. Badu, what are you doing? SWV. <laughs> come on home. Joe, where you at? Like, oh, y'all, come on. Uh,
1: there's a lot. There's a lot.
0: It's, it's a lot it's a lot of money that needs to be included in all of this too so i don't know it's it's a different time i think they have to recoup from that pandemic before they can really that's true put money back into the music but i'm recouping from the pandemic who <laughs> <laughs> so i gotta bring this up because ed was talking about young kids wanting mature music which may or may not be true i, I don't know but uh <laughs> We got to talk about the Babyface album really quickly because we talked about this previously about how it's his like DJ Khaled moment. He brought together a bunch of young female artists, some of the bigger names in R&B today. Uh, I know a lot of people went into that project thinking that it would be Ella May and all these great female singers on 90s style R&B music. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like the second coming of the waiting to exhale soundtrack but what we got was a fusion between some babyface type style records with what's current today and depending on like who you are and what age bracket you're in if you like it you like it if you don't you don't but one thing that i th- that that project made me realize is that 90s r&b is never coming back guys Yeah. because <laughs> and it's not even because of the sound because trends come and go but the way that kids talk these days it's a lot more aggressive than i think how people (laughs) used to talk in the 90s and the 2000s and i think like i'll send tom a song every so often and it'll sound like a 90s record like i sent him that division and jagged edge song sonically I think it sounds like something you would hear from Jagged Edge from the 90s and 2000s. But Tom, I think you're the first to admit that those lyrics, it, it just Literally. doesn't connect with you. Yeah. Oof, and, it, yeah and it's it not like it's not a, authentic because I think a kid that's listening to it right now. And when I say kid, I mean like early 20s when they're listening to it. they're It's probably hitting them like it did for us when we listened to a song from the 90s. But I
2: think because of that, it's a different time. Exactly. This is what I've been saying for a while, because when it comes down to it, it's a different generation. People are always are like, oh, you want the 90s to come back. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't want the 90s to come back. And I understand Tom's point. And I agree with you, um, Kyle, on that, um, ugh, that Division song. I wanted to like it, but eh, the lyrics were driving me nuts. Those were some of the complaints I had about Beyonce's album. And everybody was like, old man, don't sit down. This is how we talk now. But I think we do have to realize that even though the sounds will never come back, the verbiage will never come back because it's a different generation. There's still stuff to be learned from 90s production. And I think it comes with the storytelling in actual song. It's not so much what you say, but how you say it. How you frame an album, how you make the album tell a story, how you make the actual song tell a story within the production. That's the stuff I want to see come back when I say I want to return to the 90s style. Not that I want people singing Unbreak My Heart or something like that. I just want the songs to be constructed a little better because I don't like how songs now are just like random conversations over a beat because it doesn't connect with me. They aren't syncing up. They need it, needs to be more cohesion between production and lyrics. That's all I want. I'm just chilling. And to your point, Kyle, about the actual babyface album, I agree with you. I thought it was okay. Check out a review on soulandstereo.com. I got the review up. The thing that I noticed, though, is the big collabos didn't work as well, but the Mm. ones with like people like Baby Tate and, and, um, who else? Dochi and, and people like that I felt worked a lot better with Babyface's sound than some of the bigger names because those just I don't know, it didn't mesh as well to me. Are you it's referring an up to that record?
0: Are you referring to the 7th streeter record? You
2: said it. I didn't. Oh, what was it called? G Wagon? <laughs> no. That I, sounded like a Doja Cat song. I was not. I was not.
0: I saw the title of that. I was like, Tom is not
1: gonna like this song. This is not a 90s inspired song.
2: (laughs) Tom ain't always right, but he was right about it.
1: You ready for my opinion on this album? Mm Mm-hmm. You you already know what I'm gonna say.
2: Oh my god. Was Tony Braxton not available? Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) No, no, actually, actually. All right. See, I thought it over. First I was upset. But do you remember the return of the tender lover album? Mm Mm-hmm. I do. That mm-hmm. was actually a actually a really good album, really solid album, and no one even paid attention. Okay. It's almost like Babyface had to do these collaborations with some younger artists who are. Pop- it's almost like a promotional tool, yeah, to like get heard to collaborate with younger artists who have a big following on social media and are buzzing to get your music heard. And I'm not mad that he did it. Now that I think of it that way, because people just over seem to overlook Babyface's solo stuff for whatever reason. Yeah. He makes great music. He's just considered like a great songwriter. And that's what happens. But so I'm not mad. Yeah, I respect I mean,
2: it. No, I mean, it was a promotional thing. And again, no shots at face. They're all going to try to make this a thing. No, it's not a thing because everybody here respects Babyface. But let's be real. Like he looked at this as an opportunity to help guide and mentor this new generation. Yeah. And as I've said in my review, a lot of these younger artists have talent. They just need some fine tuning. They need that guiding hand. But let's be real. The songs say "Babyface" and "LMA." So when it hits that string, Face is gonna get some love too. Even on these most of these songs, he's barely on it. He's like maybe tucked away at the end. So yeah. he's getting credit. Don't get that mixed up. It is definitely a marketing ploy. But I don't hate him for what he tried to do here. Plus, uh, I. They- yeah, oh,
0: Tom, I was going to say, one thing that was really cool about this project is he sampled some of his older records Yep. and sang over it. So I think the intent, Tom, I think is correct. He's using it as a promotional tool. It's like, hey, I like the sample. Let me find out what it is. Turns out yeah. it's an old Babyface record. Then you start connecting the dots and maybe some of these kids start digging into, I'm not saying they will, but they may go into the Babyface's catalog and see all
1: the stuff he's done because he's done a lot of legendary stuff. I, I, you know, I went back and listened to his discography. I hate to say it, but I feel like he's not someone who I know he's considered a legend. I almost feel like we don't appreciate him enough, though. He's like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He's yep. made great songs on his own. He's all if people don't think about this. He also rolled out a label and introduced us to some of our favorite artists of all time. Like people have yep. even look back at, look at face like what he was involved in. So he's so low key. I feel like we don't appreciate him enough for his contributions like he's one of the greatest of all time
0: yeah, no lies but you know what if you don't put yourself out there and i think yeah. he does it intentionally
2: to be behind the scenes that's yeah. what happens so, unfortunately yeah. but, this, cult, this culture only celebrates the loudest so if you aren't loud and reminding people that you're the greatest thing that ever lived you know, people just don't buy it. As I made that argument about Nas. We were talking about him earlier. Like, 10 years ago, people are like, oh, he's not that big of a deal. Because he wasn't around. Like, he was a guy that, like, I'm going to let my music speak for me. That don't work in this era, player. You got the brag and boast. And Face is too busy behind the scenes, making money. Tom is right. He is a master behind, behind so much stuff. And he has a pretty freaking solid discography on his own.
1: And, and shout to people who are humble. I mean, like, we forget about, like, people actually being humble and not bragging about their own accomplishments. Let other people anoint you as the king or, you know, as a legend. You don't have to call your your own name out there. Like, do we forget about that? (laughs) I'm just saying.
2: I'll say it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of kids here, I have a pop quiz for you guys here. Mm -hmm. You guys were not expecting this, but we're going to go through some Gen Z slangs, and you tell me what these
1: mean oh my oh goodness. tom is gonna bomb this kyle do you remember those episodes where we used to have ed translate certain things for us now that was good times <laughs> yes oh my god that was fun. Yes. <laughs> so
2: this is a
0: variation of this okay right, the first one i'm ready well ed you you hang out with kids so i think you already know these ones <laughs> that um... sound terrible
2: <laughs> calm down our, our, okay, R. kelly I'm just yes <laughs> calm down all right well
0: tom we'll start off with the first one what does no cap mean
1: see well hold on a second if i see people saying a lot and no i don't really know i see it a lot i don't i don't i don't know ed oh my god it Translate? means
2: like cat means lie so no cat means no lie but what does cap mean oh. like where does cap is a lie but where's cap from I don't know where it's from. I'm just telling you what it is. Is it like the See, baseball cap?
1: I would have or... thought, like, no limit, like, sky's the limit. Like, there's no cap on that thing. Like, actually, I, that I, makes sense. Yeah. That but makes no, that
2: sense. ain't what it is. But
1: that... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
0: Next one, Tom. Uh, this one the kids use a lot these days. Uh, the acronym ASL.
1: Wait, like chat room talk?
2: Sort that's of. what
0: that's what you think it is what what it what does asl mean to you
1: that's like old school aol chat room like slang isn't that yeah sort of is that, cur- is that current no as well so oh, asl
0: no used to mean age sex location oh wait what a- does it
2: mean now well that's lo- what i thought it was
0: that's also the uh title of ari lennox's new album which you guys should right. check out
2: which is but, really good by
0: the way but on twitter asl is now short for as hell Wait what? Yeah, so you would say something like, "This food is oh. good ASL."
1: Which wow! Means- really?
2: That's what they say now.
1: Okay, people, I'm back to people, old man Ed because I didn't know this one. People are getting so lazy they can't even type out a few extra characters. So. No, they oh, can't. of
0: course not. <laughs> All right, uh, wow, Tom, I think you'll know this one.
1: Hits different. You know this, Tom? <laughs> I mean. What's the context? Of, like, Use a sentence so I can... This chicken wing hits different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one would ever say that, but okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's just like the best chicken wing ever, no? Yes. 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 All right. It means something like very good. Like that chicken wing was way better than the KFC half-eaten chicken that sponsored the show.
2: Now you're going to diss our sponsors. Different. This is why we have
0: no money. Oh, oh man. man. All right, I've got two more for you, and then we're moving on to this discussion. Uh, understood the assignment? I, I think you know this one, Tom. Oh, Tom, you know this. I don't know this. Did John Did John B understand the
1: assignment when he made cool relax? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what what assignment. My head's hurting from thinking about this. What assignment? It's, it's the, the assignment. <laughs> what? Who assigned him something? I don't
2: know who assigned him, but there was an assignment. Did <laughs> he understand it? And it looks
1: like he did.
2: Yes.
0: And it who graded him on
1: this assignment? I, I don't. The world at large. Twitter. Twitter
2: assigned. Oh. It. Twitter assigned it and graded him on it. It just means you did a good job on something. That's all it means.
1: Yeah. I'm getting to a dark place here, guys. I I don't like this. <laughs>
2: Calm down. Calm
0: down. <laughs> All right, the last one we have here is skirt. What? Skirt? What? Wait,
1: what? Like skirt?
0: Yeah, like in the the, not- the, ad, the ad lib on the song. <laughs> what? It's supposed to mimic the sound of something of screeching tires and is used as an interjection. For example, if someone is sharing juicy gossip, their friend might respond with a skirt to get them to stop and repeat something exciting they just said.
2: It means basically like stop, run it back.
0: But where, where are you who reciting? uses it like that. I'm on dictionary.com
1: right now. That's dictionary.com? This is dictionary. Webster's Dictionary has anointed that in an actual word, I guess. So Webster's has fallen it's off. Like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right where where are we well i don't know i kind of like that no ugh, cap Ed. no that was good no cap <laughs> no. <laughs> stop don't start uh, it
2: i'm creating a monster
0: <laughs> all right uh before we talk about the grammys which is tom's favorite conversation oh, of the year, oh my goodness we we got to talk about the grammys uh I this wanna is bring- a stressful
1: episode guys yeah, it is yes
0: Oof. i want to bring up this conversation uh not really so much about the album itself from Division, but the conversation that has come with this album and what I've seen a lot, especially on the Soul and Stereo Cipher, which is everyone's favorite place to be. Shout uh, out the Cipher on Facebook. So Division puts out this album, executive produced by Jermaine Dupri and Brian Michael Cox, two legendary producers, many many hits. But the complaint that I see online with this album is although they're at hand and they're putting their imprint on the record it starts sounding less like a division album and so from people's perspective it's they're trying to get more into the mainstream which Mm -hmm. then sort of deviates them from their original core was that a thing that you guys thought about in the 90s and the 2000s. Like, can you guys think of any obvious examples of that happening and it not working in the artist's favor? Because like back in the 90s and 2000s, it was a big deal for people to collaborate with like Timbaland or or Rodney Jerkins. But I don't think I ever got that pushback from people that said, oh, they're deviating from that sound that they created. I don't know. Did you guys, do you guys remember that when albums were coming out back then?
1: I'll say this. Like with social media right now, we have like the up up close seat. I mean, especially with Jermaine Dupri, he shares so much so we yeah. can see inside the studio. So we have the, the driver's seat and up front row seat of what they're actually trying to do, and we can see it play out. I feel like back in the early two thousands, late nineties, yeah, like someone came out and would just be a flop, and like you, you wouldn't really think, you know, more into it. It just didn't work, and like maybe yeah. you didn't really think about it more, uh, but it flopped. I never. Really, I mean, that's a that's a tough question. I didn't really think about it, but uh, or even how it would it apply in this situation because I, I didn't. Then again, I wasn't I wasn't division's audience, so I didn't really check them out prior to this. Yeah. Which interesting is though they have, I mean, a producer is part of the group, so you feel like he'd at least help steer the sound to what the group is known for. And I guess that didn't work, but I can't say I can't compare. So I don't know. Ed, Ed, did you have any thoughts?
2: Yeah, a couple of things. First, I'll get on the Division. I have not heard the album yet, so that's on the list of forty something albums. Ed, I need that to album catch up came on. out like
0: last month. You're slipping here.
2: I'm a very busy mm. man. All right, give me time. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I have not heard the album yet, but I was pretty much of the three of us on the show. Like I was a big division fan. I thought they had a lot of talent. I will say this because their album before this one was the. It almost felt like two albums. It was called "Amusing Her Feelings." Mm. There was one side, I think it was the second half, that felt like division. Like it felt really good, really soulful, but, you know, a, a, a new generation of soul. But it was rooted in kind of traditional R&B. The first half was all the future stuff and all the weird strip club alien zombie music that I'm like, Alien, what is zombie, this? Music. alien mm. zombie
1: music. Alien zombie music. Yes.
2: So that did not work for me. So to hear from the kind of criticisms of this album... I'm not that surprised because it was clear they were shifting that way anyway. And, you know, we've all heard the the first single and we have our thoughts on that and the other song that Kyle mentioned earlier. I have my thoughts on that. But it doesn't surprise me that they're starting to shift mainstream because that's what they want to do. But to your earlier question, Kyle, yes, that did happen occasionally and I'm struggling to think of a good example. There were definitely times where artists would kind of co-op a sound that was hot in the moment and it didn't quite fit them um on the soul and stereo youtube page this video will be coming out in a couple weeks i recorded it today i talked about mariah's albums and i re-ranked mariah's discography so y'all the labs can go cuss me out in a couple weeks when they see that video but some of her later album well not later like the mid I think it was like early two thousands, late ninety-nine, like Rainbow and stuff like that. Those albums were kind of leaning toward more current sounds and it didn't really fit like Mariah. I can't think of an example where someone did a whole album that just sounded completely left field. Mm. But what usually would happen is a artist that was established would work with kind of a, for an example, a Timbaland or a Neptunes or whomever, and their sound just didn't really mesh well. So yeah, it happened, but just not to a whole scale of the whole album sounds weird. So it happened.
1: We were talking about Babyface. I mean, yeah. the song There She Goes, to me, never really felt like a Babyface song. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that felt to me a little bit forced with, with the Neptunes. That was not what I was expecting from Babyface at the time. If we're yep. gonna go in that direction, yeah. that's yeah. a good
2: example. But it usually was confined to one song. Like it was usually yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. I'm gonna make a single," and it's like, "Oh, that doesn't sound right." I can't yeah. think of an example where like a whole album went though.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think here. Um, yeah, I can't really well, think of one. Can
1: Can I ask you guys something, uh, Kyle? Uh, yeah, do I have a few minutes to ask you guys something on the on a similar note? And to me, Jermaine Dupree can do no wrong, so I, I got a shout out our boy. Yeah. yeah, but when I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, he mentioned. I actually told him that Usher's um, "Don't Waste My Time" with LMA and "Bad Habits" I felt like was a, would have been a great rollout for Usher's next album, which obviously never came. One hundred percent. And he agree. actually he disagreed, but really? his reason for disagreeing was that uh, radio, especially younger radio, wasn't receptive to those songs. They right. like, had kind of had to scrap it and start over. I was kind of surprised to hear that. Hmm. And and then he's like, we have to go back to the drawing board and kind of find a sound that would work for that younger format. I mean, are you guys surprised to hear something like that? <sighs> um, I'm
2: not surprised. I'm, uh, disappointed isn't the right word. I was going to say disappointed. That's really not the right word because I love that song. Kyle, I know you love both of those songs. Yeah. But those are great songs. Yes, they were great. And some of the best stuff I've heard from Usher in years. And look, as much as we love Usher and celebrate Usher, y'all know how I feel about his more recent album, where he was <laughs> clearly... That's a great example. We were talking about artists that were stepping out of their comfort zone. That A album, that No Limit album, a lot of those albums, Usher felt like he was being shoehorned into a sound that didn't work for him. So I understand an artist of Usher's level, being like he wants to hit like he feels like he can make a hit and he does have buzz right now. So I understand going back to the drawing board and trying to find a middle ground. I just hope that he does it and still sounds like Usher and doesn't sound like Usher cosplaying his future and trying to make an album. there. That's my only criticism. Well, as you guys are
0: talking, because here's the thing, any record that we like, from usher is probably not going to be a radio hit at this point um <laughs> uh, because wrong. if you it think could
1: be of, on the adult r b though it could yeah be but I, I think
0: they're trying to reach more because that song did well on adult B, but they're trying to reach like mainstream hip-hop r R and uh, they're that's Board why 100 in it that's why lma was on the record right yeah. Um, yeah and so that should have worked but i'm really trying to think right now is it the song that's the problem or is it usher that's the problem because he's in his 40s now so what yes. i was trying to do right now was look there you at, go, Kyle. was to look at the urban charts and see are there songs that feel like this usher record that are doing well at that format but because they're in their 20s um they're mm-hmm. given the opportunity to, to be played at that station because Money, Longs, hours and hours. That's a traditional R&B record. There's nothing yep. trendy about it, and that mm-hmm. did really well. So, and I don't know about the Silk Sonic records. I'm assuming that, that that did well, but Bruno Mars is also like an exception because everyone likes Bruno Mars, just like everyone <laughs> likes Usher. But people have seemed to like really age Usher at this point. Um, have, yeah. So I think that's kind of the, and I wish I could pull up the charts right now, but I think that's the question that I have is is that the song problem because yeah you could probably have usher do more trap music and maybe that does well but i don't think he needs to go down that route Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like he's in his 40s you know that the music industry frowns upon older artists and usher just might be falling victim to what a lot of people fell victim to like boys to men in the early 2000s they kind of got phased out after and they were still putting out quality music, but it's just times have changed. And so I don't know. I don't know the answer. I I do hope that Usher continues to put out the music that he's been making the last couple of years and he doesn't just change the direction. And what we get is something that's a lot more trendy because Hmm. it's the right music. I think the core audience is happy with it, but again, we're not, I don't know if we're the ones that, uh, kind of determine
2: what he makes at this point. I think he still wants a radio success. Yeah, unfortunately, Kyle, um, you made some very strong points that we forget about because we forget as we age. Like we old heads, everyone on the podcast old head, but we forget it because we came up with Usher. Usher doesn't feel old to us. He doesn't feel like right he's older. But when we are looking at a marketing standpoint, he absolutely is. And Usher, I'm sure, doesn't feel Older. Yeah. He feels like, you know, 2000, he's going to do his backspins. Yeah. But there is going to be a bias against older artists. Kyle ain't wrong and it doesn't matter. We've seen artists, well, your boy Tank, we've seen them kind of go down the, the trap route and it works in small doses and it works temporarily, but it's not lasting. It comes off as like a one and done. So I don't think that'll work for him. I don't. He tried it before. We saw what happened. Let's not do that. But he's always going to be an uphill battle if he wants to top the Billboard 100 because he's going to have that working against him. It's not fair, but unless he's going to get something popping on TikTok, I just don't know how that's going to work. As a reviewer, all I care about is quality music, so I just want something dope. I don't care, but I understand the the allure of having a number one record.
1: Well, we saw what happened uh Am I allowed to discuss R. Kelly? But look what happened about five to ten years ago with his last two albums. He was chasing that younger sound. Mm. And those those albums were, were terrible. Hideous. Oh, Hideous. Oh, so bad. What were those? Al- I never remember those two albums.
2: Black Panties" cool. and The Buffet. Mm. Oh, my oh. goodness. Yes.
1: So bad. But guys he was in a- that same mindset. Chasing hey, that younger sound.
0: You guys got to lower your voice. There's R. Kelly stands waiting outside with pitchforks. They still oh.
2: exist. They Oh, they absolutely exist. I just saw some car lights come on in my driveway. Still? They're about to come oh. get me. Oh, oh, yeah. Still? Yep. Oh, oh, yes.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: they should uh, work uh, on trying to break rocks. him
1: out of jail. They should spring him out of jail and help him oh, out. Oh, they
2: were raising money, like literally raising money <laughs> to get him out of jail. Oh. Ain't enough money in the world to get Gargamel out of jail. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I got a really dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I, I pulled up the urban charts here. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of hip hop stuff, somehow Monica's on this chart, which kind of surprised me, but if he saw some song with Ty Dolla sign friends.
2: Oh yeah. That's song. Uh,
0: but the only, I think, traditional, traditional R and B record, uh, there's a couple here. There's the Diddy and Bryson Tiller record. Gotta move on. We know yeah. why that's up the charts. I'll
2: move Taylor. on. All
0: right. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of veteran R and B acts, We've got Beyoncé with Cuff It, which sonically doesn't deviate too much from a record like Don't Waste My Time. And this is a top five record at Urban. Is it just because mm. it's Beyoncé?
1: Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's but, it. But, but, but hold on. Why is Beyoncé so different than Usher in terms of celebrity and fame and oh, popularity? Oh, no.
2: Uh, Beyoncé. I mean, I love Usher, but Beyoncé is just in another stratosphere when it comes to that because she has... Number one, Usher has kind of been in the background until he started doing this in Tiny Desk. Usher's (laughs) been in the background for a while. Beyonce has always been celebrated as the greatest performer of her generation, the biggest performer right now. So she's always had this universal appeal. So she can sing the phone book. She'll be fine. Sorry,
0: I just, I dug more into it. So there's a record with the City Girls and Usher. I don't know if you guys heard heard that song, but it's pretty much an yeah. Usher record, and that's actually on. Yeah, Ud.
2: so I actually, I like that song. It's like we were talking earlier before the podcast about Chingy and the Tyrese song, and I was like, that song is great. <laughs> if you take Tyrese, if you take Tyrese and just remove Chingy from the whole oh. song, that's a great song, and that's the same thing with the City Girl song. Keep Usher, <laughs> remove them, banging song. So then here's the thing though,
0: because how come it's that when Usher is the main artist? it doesn't see the success because there's been times like the city girls record it's essentially an usher record or one of those chris brown records that feature usher it's essentially a i mean that one's more of a collaborative effort but usher is definitely a main part of the song or that summer walker song with usher in which usher really shines on that one like Mm -hmm. those songs do well but when usher puts out his own music it doesn't yet sonically it's not that much
2: of a change. Because it goes down to how it is. It's still an age bias. Think of it like, I'm trying to think of a good example. If it was 2000, it was a song, Kanye West featuring Luther Vandross. Hmm. Oh yes, it's going to blow up because of Kanye, but if it's just Luther by itself, it's going to be this mental block of, oh, that's not yeah. for me. That's that's for them. That's for mama and them and auntie and them. And I think, unfortunately, <laughs> that's where we are. well. While- <laughs>
1: Oh, Auntie and them.
0: Yep. (laughs) All right. Can we talk about the Grammys now? (laughs) No, do we have to? Well, can we break this down really quickly? Because every year we same we see the same thing. We see these albums get nominated, and then we see this backlash from Twitter, and people are saying you didn't pick this album, you forgot about this artist. And I think it's becoming Mm clear and clear thanks to my guy harvey mason jr that all of these albums are voted by the committee so it's i think at this point it's pretty black and white how it's coming about now i don't know what what influences the, these voters to make these picks my hunch is that they don't actually listen to every album and they just pick what they know but i don't know i i don't really see a point to complaining at this point like we know what the process is and you're not going to get independent albums tom i'm sorry to say that you're not going to get independent artists being nominated except maybe maybe pj morton because he's a grammy darling but (laughs) <laughs> that, that's just what it is at this point i, I don't see the point of complaining about
2: it. Well, player, because you're using common sense and common sense ain't too common on social media mm. again because i recorded a whole bunch of videos today i recorded a grammy prediction video that will go on the solo stereo youtube page maybe around the same time this episode dropped so look for that early next week anywho enough of the cheap plugs kyle is right Every year we see the same mess all these tweets about the Grammys don't matter doesn't mean anything blah 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 then the list comes out and then we're screaming, oh my favorite got snubbed blah blah blah, Nick in my doesn't have an album. pick a struggle player either <laughs> it doesn't matter and you don't care or you do care. You can't have both. but we know this the, I mean this the way this works is there it's not hidden. A lot of the Grammy voters are on my Twitter and they say, <laughs> hey, I voted for Summer. I nominated her. She didn't get up there. So, yes, there is a nomination process. Kyle, you're right, because i told I've told the story many times from a couple of years ago when I was talking to a woman who said that she voted for Cardi B. I think it was like 2018 because mm. she was the only artist that she recognized and she didn't even listen to. The other people in the nomination. It was her, Pusha T, Nipsey Hustle. That was when Nipsey was alive before y'all cared. You don't care about votes till so they die. Oh, that's hey. another thing. That's another thing. Hey. Y'all didn't show my boy love till he was gone. But anyway, they yes, there is something that has been said that unfortunately some people who vote aren't very knowledgeable and they just vote for what they know. Not everybody, of course, but that's there. That's a process our boy has to work out. However, this is not a secret. I don't know why everybody's confused. There's a nomination process from the Academy. They nominate, then we get these, then they vote on them.
1: That's it. That's it. Ed, you're making it too complicated. First of all, three things. Number one, the R&B portion is presented during, like, some buffet portion of the (laughs) award ceremony. That's not even on TV.
2: It's during the bathroom
1: break. (laughs) Exactly. Number two, if they nominate five Eric Roberson's in every category. You know, the the great music that no, but artists that no one really knows, who would even tune in? I mean, I mean it's just being realistic. And number three, they need to the, to nominate the Beyonce's of the world to even make the Grammys as big as it. Is. So Beyonce can say, I was nominated for five Grammys. That makes it seem like the Grammys is some great thing. Uh, and and that, that's all, can, to me, it's simple as that.
2: You can yeah. get her there to perform and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you are absolutely simple correct. as that.
1: It's Maybe that's
2: why Mary J got nominated in every category, even though she put out one of her worst albums. Mm-hmm. I do not understand.
1: Well Tom... that was E.T. E.T. Bowser
2: or Soul ET, Yes, <laughs> yes well, they're gonna tear me up, Kyle. But I said what I said. I love Mary, <laughs> but I did not love that album. What is going on? Well well, what we
0: can do here, um, uh, because I gave you your Christmas gifts earlier, I can take those back and I can get you guys uh memberships into the Grammy committee. And <laughs> you guys can change the tides.
2: Um, you can take the Jacques album back. Yes. I'm okay with that. I,
1: I can imagine me and Ed at that meeting. We'd be like flipping tables and, and like <laughs> rustling up all sorts of mess, and like getting kicked out. And not I wouldn't last 15 to minutes.
2: <laughs> no. Cause I'd be yelling. I'm like, where is Ari? And I'm drop kicking <laughs> tables. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> mm. Wow. All right.
0: Well, That's that, Ed. Uh, I haven't seen a love letters
2: from you in a minute. What's going on with that? Because your boy has been so busy. There is a love letters that's kept to come. It's in the drafts. I'll share that in the next couple of weeks. There's so much stuff happening. I can't keep up. I spent a very long time, very long time ranking Snoop Dogg's albums. There are like 20 of those freaking things. So that has been like a month of my life. Now that I've gotten over that hump, we'll see some more stuff coming. Love letters coming soon. Wow. Lots of business to put in the street. Can New I ask
1: games. a Yeah, that's a lot of work. Can I ask a Marvel related question to Ed? Certainly. I keep seeing this commercial for Black Adam. And uh the guy looks like an unstoppable beast that would not be defeated by anyone. So, where is his place in the Marvel universe? I just don't understand.
2: Uh, first of all, player, he's not Marvel, he's DC. Oh man.
1: I don't I don't know. Man. Secondly, it's comics.
2: Yeah. Secondly, yes, he is an unstoppable beast. I haven't seen the movie yet because again, I'm a busy man, Kyle. I'm a busy man. Mm. So I haven't <laughs> seen the movie yet. But yes, he's up there with Superman as far as wrecking buildings and stuff. He's a pretty nasty customer. Could he mm-hmm. beat
0: Superman? No, he couldn't beat
2: Superman. I'm sure they'll try to be like, ooh, they're going to fight and who's going to win? Superman's right. going to give him that work. Sorry. Does... Superman's going to give everybody that work.
1: Does Dwayne do a People's elbow in the movie.
2: Let me tell you something. I said this on social media. I have not seen that movie, but if I see him raise that eyebrow, if I see him do the rock bottom, if I see him do the la 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 la, oh, the, the smell with the the black Adam is cooking. Mm. I am walking up out of there. Every movie he has to do some rock thing. Like that's why he takes me out of his films. Like just oh, be man. a dude. Don't act like the Rock all the time. You didn't wow. see Jamie Foxx's Ray Charles just take his glasses off and just start dancing around like he was <laughs> on the Jamie Foxx show. No, he was Ray. Like be in character, dude. Be in character. All right. All
0: right, Ed. Well, I'm gonna give you a love letters question really quickly here before we get out of here. Okay. Because I got we've been it. T- we've been talking about Usher a lot this uh this episode. We're going to go to the Here I Stand album. I know okay. some of you guys love that album. <laughs> it's an album cut. This is called What's a Man to Do. Are you guys familiar with this? Oh, record? I'm familiar, familiar yes. with it. All yes. Right. So the question is, what's a man to do when he's loving too?
2: <laughs> Ed? <laughs> well, the first thing the man can do is love one and get rid of the other <laughs> one because brother you in big trouble this is why divorces happen you can't love two but Ed, love one. sorry usher also says
0: he don't want to lie but he can't tell the truth there's limitations to what he can
1: do here ed
2: i don't oh. want to lie but i can't tell the truth sounds like you want to lie to me mm.
1: it's a tough situation for usher yeah How
2: this is a tough situation. Stop lying. Then then like get rid of the other person. Or get rid of old people. Because you can't get Listen, your life
1: right. He told you in that recent single he's got bad habits. Right, what else do you want from the guy?
2: He's had bad habits for like 20 years now. It's true. Like, what I, is I, going on, Usher? It's funny because
0: <laughs> I was at his uh, Vegas residency recently. And every other song is either him saying, I messed up. Or I'm a bad lover. Or... um. Or just, I'm not a faithful guy.
2: Yes. some, some want to start have... a new relationship with you. This is what he do. This happens all the time. This has been 98. Usher, you ain't got it together yet?
1: It's a process. Well, what? it's It's <laughs> a process? Guys, I went to Neo's album release event a few months ago, and he had dancers on stage and he said, oh, it's so tough being me, being a faithful married man. And then like two weeks later, he announced he was getting divorced or something. It was, it was well, pretty he wasn't I lying. guess
2: he was right. <laughs> I guess he was right. He wasn't Jeez. lying.
0: Yeah, that's bad. But you I know was, what? We, we don't know what these artists go through. Imagine uh, being famous and uh, people are just coming to you with whatever.
2: I'm sure they are, but I'm just like, look, if their situation is getting too high, you need to end this situation. I'll say this. At least they don't lie. Like, they're like, yep, draws coming at me left and right. What are you going to do? I need him to make this decision, not the lady.
1: Listen, Ed, situations will arise.
2: Oh, God. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You got to (laughs) be smart about it, Tom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Shout outs to Usher. Uh, (laughs) I think that's it for this week's podcast here, Ed. uh, I know you just did a Snoop Dogg review of his entire discography. Uh, After this podcast, I'm going to listen to, I think it's on the uh, RNG album here, the record uh, Step Your Game Up with Little John. Isn't that like a top five song of all time?
2: Oh, no. But I actually actually like that album a lot.
0: That's one of the better Snoop Dogg albums. It's like with Little John and Trina. It's like the loudest song of all time.
2: Oh, God, yes. It's a lot. But (laughs) that's a good album. If you're going to listen to an album, do that. So, yes, players, please don't let my hours of hours be in vain. Go check out that Snoop Dogg ranking. And, of course, I have the review of Babyface's album. I have a review of Nas's new album, one of the best albums of the year. I have a retrospective of my boys, Lavert Sweat, and Gill LSG celebrated 20 years of their album, so... Go check that out. And on the Soul & Stereo YouTube page, I just recorded a whole bunch of videos that are coming. Grammy predictions over and underrated albums of R&B Part 2. Mariah's albums ranked. All those coming out in the next couple weeks. Your boy been busy. Love Letters album of the year is coming up. When am I going to sleep, y'all? I'm tired.
1: (laughs) Can I shout out a Snoop Dogg song? I'm still stuck on California Roll. That oh, song yes. is so good. That album is so
2: good. Shout out to the Bush album. One of his best albums. Yes.
1: yes. I yes. apologize. I didn't read your uh, your list yet, but did you like Signs? Yes, I love Signs. One of my favorites. Great song. There. Great, there great song. Love yep. that song.
0: Uh, on You Know I Got So, we recently interviewed Coco Jones. Go check out that EP Ed and I good were talking about re- earlier. Good EP. Tom, it's interesting. I know we were supposed to wrap this up, but... Is it just me? Or are you noticing like a lot of major labels investing into female R&B artists again? Not so much the males, but it seems like they're really pushing the female acts. I don't know what the outcome is going to be because R&B doesn't get really get played on mainstream radio anymore, but it's kind of cool to see a lot of female R&B artists getting some. And
1: I'm I'm actually hearing some singing. Like if you listen to Coco Jones, you hear some singing. It's it's not what I expected from an, a label pushing an artist. And I've heard other examples just like her. Alex so I'm Vaughan actually excited. one. Yep. Yep. We'll, That's will I said. I think
2: we'll that we're see, getting yeah. to a point where a generation is starting to accept a little bit more actual singing and not a bunch of talky talk.
1: Well, I actually disagree. I don't think it's going to work. Oh, <laughs> I, didn't work. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to work. I didn't say it was going to work. I'm saying I'm, that it's more accepted. Yeah. I'm happy they're trying, like yes. Kyle said, but I, I don't know if it's going to catch on and be more of what's in the mainstream. We'll, we'll have to see. Time will tell, but I like to hear it.
0: Actually, I... I just thought of something else. Uh, Shout-outs to Tank and Jay Valentine. They do that R&B Money podcast, the second best R&B podcast, us uh, speaking mm-hmm. number one. I yep. have to just put that in there. But uh, they recently had a uh, songwriter, Harold Lilly, on there. And Tom, this is like his first ever interview. Harold Lilly doesn't do interviews. But he talked about the evolution of R&B and why things have become the way that they are. It was a very interesting perspective that he brought to the table because 2008 I think is universally agreed as like the real downturn to R&B like the this, mm. this sound like really started changing um that's also like the time that Barack Obama was elected president right
2: yep I have I'm telling you if I write a book it will be about 2008 and how everything changed
1: because so, it all ties together so wait how does that tie into the music I don't understand so
0: from his perspective perspective, once Barack became president, people were celebrating and you celebrate to dance music, to happy music, to upbeat music. And that was just a vibe that everyone was in for the Uh... last eight. Hear me out. This is history, not mine. For the last, (laughs) for the eight-year run that Barack had, that's what everyone was on. Everyone was happy and go lucky. And then once that presidential transition occurred and it was Trump, people needed that they needed real music they needed something to feel again because it was no longer happy times and hence why we're swinging back towards more singing more music that people can feel this is his theory not mine but just something for you guys to
1: ponder about until the next harold harold we'd love you but swinging a miss on that one (laughs) that's a way (laughs) off I feel not like close.
2: this needs to be a whole new episode. I have a lot to say say about that. Oh, man. I do think there is something. There's a correlation between Barack and me, but I don't have time to go into it. It has more to do with social media than actual
1: the feelings in the air.
2: But we'll talk about that another time. Hmm. I'm just trying to. What is
1: Tank? Tank needs to bring all three of us onto the r Oh, Podcast. that ain't happening. That, oh, no. That, <laughs> that, well, Ed, <laughs> that you're ain't wel- Ed, you're not welcome. Ed, you're not welcome. Me and Kyle might be invited though. Y'all <laughs> y'all have get up there before I will, I will you. gift I will gift tank this and we'll have a good old time.
2: Something tells <laughs> me that he will enjoy that.
1: <laughs> but now yeah. if we ever got invited to Nori's podcast, I I would probably last five minutes. I'd be on the floor from uh drinking. <laughs> yeah. That, oh my god. That show now, is different.
2: Yeah. I want to be on that show. I'll just have my bottle of water and pretend that it's something and then I can give y'all that reel. Actually, that's, needs real. that's what Shaq did when he was on the podcast.
0: He just drank water.
1: Smart man. Mm. I thought Shaq I know thought that up? wasn't allowed. I thought you had to drink or something.
0: Listen, if Shaq comes on your podcast, he he gets to do whatever. He I wants. was gonna say yeah. You, yeah. You're not gonna tell Shaq no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I'm trying to see what else is coming. What's the Christmas season now? So I doubt anything else is. Oh, Lucky Day's putting out the deluxe version of his album. So you're gonna ca- get a couple more songs on there uh but yeah i think we're pretty much at the tail end of the year so what you'll see from us is our year end <laughs> countdown it's coming i don't know if we decided if it's 50 or 75 or 100 but 100 we're going for 100, 100. we're going 100 that's quite optimistic but okay we're
1: gonna, <laughs> we're we're gonna make it. there might oh, be wow. some blanks after like number 77 but you know it's <laughs> we'll make it didn't
0: the isley brother album have like a bunch of trap songs ed
2: it didn't have a bunch of trap songs,
0: but it has
2: some trap songs. That album's pretty really good. Check so, it out if you haven't heard it. So that,
1: awesome. He set the Guinness World Record for oldest artist to do a trap song. Impressive.
2: Oh, my God. Nope. He is up there with Rick Ross and having a good old time. That's
0: true. Oh, man, that just brought me back to the Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Mo record. By oh, Sweat.
2: that's better than Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Mo. I've got a disc key on my old joint.
0: <laughs> oh, man good old trap and B. anyway we're out of here we'll talk again next time uh we'll have that list ready for everyone so you guys can all check out all the great music in r&b in 2022 there is still some good music out there as our friend dj Soulchild once said what do you what's his playlist called r&b ain't dead is that that's it that's yeah. it go check that out you might get some new jack <laughs> swing music in there
2: <laughs> i bet you will i bet you will <laughs> So anyway,
0: we are out of here. Uh everyone stay safe and we'll talk next time. Peace out. Hi players. Nope. No cap. No oh. cap. <laughs>